The peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this Reformation Sunday morning. That's also our Confirmation Sunday. And those of you who are family members of the Confirmands, it's just delightful to see you here. If there is a friendship pad that is on each one of the rows, it's near the center aisle. It's a black folder. And we love it if you take it and fill it out and start passing it down the row so other people can do that too. You can see the announcements in the life of the church that are in the connections, which is in our bulletin. This morning, there are new church directories available. They are out on the patio. We made them ourselves, and so if you find a mistake in them for about you, call the office, because we can remake them very easily since we did it ourselves. But make sure you get one today. If you signed up for the Shoreline Art Exhibit that the museum is doing this coming Saturday, there are some new directions about that that are inside of connections. So if you signed up for it, be sure you read it because it's quite different than what we thought it was going to be originally. Also, there will be a congregational meeting at the beginning of the 10 o'clock service next week, right at the beginning of the service to elect our officers for next year. And that's also time change. It's fall back Sunday. So you get an extra hour before you do that. Uh, a week from tomorrow it be, is our grief at the holidays class. If you have lost someone you love, it is often especially difficult to go through the holidays. And this class will give you some practical tips about how to do that, how you might want to celebrate differently this year. Also a week from tomorrow night at 7, Dr. Cordula Dick-Mulkey is speaking to our deacons. She is an expert on caregiving and dementia and Alzheimer's, and she's going to talk about caregiving from surviving to thriving. So you are welcome to come. Join the deacons to hear her at 7 o'clock a week from tomorrow night in Tankersley Hall. Two weeks from today, we will have a town hall meeting between services to inform you about some of the things that are going on in the life of our church. Uh, Gareth is not feeling too well today, so he's not with us. Um, you will see that inside of the bulletin, there are several things for youth that are signing up. Our Ducks game in November and also the Molokai trip, our service trip during spring break. There is going to be a vigil on Main Beach tonight at 6.30 to remember the victims of the synagogue killing. And um, so you are welcome to be there. It is an interfaith uh, vigil at 6.30 at Main Beach this evening. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Sovereign God, we praise you for your goodness. You are infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. Glorious in holiness, full of mercy and compassion, all your works praise you in all places of your creation. Your promised goodness and reconciling love has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. By grace, through faith, in the scripture, to the glory of God alone. Awaken us to your word this morning by your blessed spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me for the call to worship that you will find printed in your bulletin. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant. 
so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Church, let us stand and praise God in singing. All creatures of our God and King. Lift your voice. Lift up your voice and with the singing. Oh, praise him. Oh. 
the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together to lift up your name, to call on the Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. Hear now the call to confession. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in, in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. Because we can trust in God's covenant faithfulness, we are free to make our confession to God and call for his compassion. Let us therefore confess our sins that we may be renewed in God's mercy, mercy and grace. Um, for the times we have lied to one another and the times we have been lied to. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have spoken when we, shouldn't, when we should have remained silent and the times we have remained silent when we should have spoken. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have not respected another's freedom to be different from us. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. For the times we have betrayed a friend and the times we have been betrayed. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. O God of heaven and earth, you emptied yourself of, of your power and became helpless and became a helpless baby in order that you may that you might heal a sick world. Teach us to empty ourselves of the things that, that destroy us and keep us isolated from your you and, and one another. Empty us of our jealousy, our meanness, and our fear of other. Heal us, Jesus, Savior of the world. Let's take a minute for personal silent confession. Amen. Hear the word of the, of the Lord from Psalm 1, 
103, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he, remo so far he removes our transgressions from us. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven and made whole. Thanks be to God.
like to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. I'll be reading this morning from verses 46 through 52. You will find it on page 47 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Yesterday afternoon, I had a wedding here at 4 o'clock. I was standing right here, and the sun was coming through the stained glass window. It was a beautiful afternoon. And a friend of the bride came up to read from 1 Corinthians 13. And as she was reading that passage, and she was saying, love is patient, love is kind, she broke down crying. And you could tell that the text had engaged her, and she was seeing that passage in a way that maybe she had never seen it before and how love was described by our scripture about what love is and who brings that love to us. It caused me to think back when I had heard this passage for the first time. I was a 17-year-old high school student. I had gone to church just a few times. I was sitting in the back row. I had my sunglasses on, trying to stay incognito, wondering what this whole Christianity thing was all about. And the pastor had read this passage about Bartimaeus. And the first time I had heard it, it gripped me. And I felt in a certain way like Bartimaeus. So maybe you feel a little bit like Bartimaeus this morning as I read this passage from Mark chapter 10. As they came to Jericho, as he and Jesus, as Jesus and his disciples had a large crowd leaving with him to Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. Let's pray together. God, our Father, by your Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding that being taught to you in your Holy Scripture, taught by you in your Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be open to receive all that leads to love and hope through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My plane landed at LAX after a 13-hour flight. You know how that feels, don't you? It was 5.30 in the morning, and I hadn't slept a wink since the night before, and I was tired. I'd spent nine days in Australia with my oldest son, 
as he got settled for a film class on the Gold Coast. It was an amazing trip. We were going here and there and everywhere. And by the time that plane landed and I was thinking about everything of my son and him getting settled and all that time, I was spent. After I got through customs, all I wanted to do was call an Uber. I wanted to get to my house with minimal conversation, hug my wife, go upstairs, and go to sleep. So the Uber arrived. The driver was a male in his early 30s, and he was wearing gym clothes. Looks like he had just worked out. And so as I sat down, he said, where are you coming from? I said, I just got back from Australia. He said, business? I said, nope. My oldest son, my brother, and I, we flew over to Australia for nine days, and my son got settled in for his eight-week film class, and I tagged on a few extra weeks so he could go on a serpent safari. And the Uber driver says, well, you sound like a pretty nice dad. Oh, thanks. So looking to change the subject so I could wrap up this conversation and take that kind of half doze on the way home, I just said, uh, you going to the gym? And he said, nope. I just played some basketball with some brothers, and I got the ping that you needed a ride. I said, oh, are, are you a Lakers fan? He said, no, I hate the Lakers. I despise the Lakers. I'm a Knicks fan. I said, Knicks? Are you from New York? Now I've done it. I knew I'd done it. <laughs> I'm going to get his life story, and I'm so tired. He said, are you ready for this? I said, bring it. He said, I grew up in New York in Queens. My dad was a preacher, you know, one of those fire and brimstone guys. The kind of guy when he's preaching is just pounding on the pulpit, screaming at everybody. You didn't leave that church happy. He said, my mom, his voice changed a little. My mom died when I was young. So it was my dad raising six of us. And I was the youngest. It was rough. He was tough on us. He was one of those big-time disciplinary guys. And his church... His church had these high expectations on us kids. There was no way we could attain to it. So I would have none of it. At 12 years old, I started dating girl after girl. I was going to parties, most part just to drive my dad nuts. I finally got married, he said, about three years ago. And we have a daughter. He says, I love that girl. I love that daughter. So we'll... What brought you out to Los Angeles? Now his body language changed. His hands gripped that steering wheel as tight as he could grip it. His voice changed, and he looked up at the rearview mirror at me. And he said, my wife, she left me about a year ago, and she took our daughter. And I got, had just had to get away. I came out here to Los Angeles. I'm going to have to tell you, he said, it was all my fault. 
all the crap I did when I was a kid. I was taking it all out on her every single day, and I can't blame her. She, she had enough, so she took the daughter and she left, and I'm just that kind of person just thought, forget it. I'm just going to get away, and I'm going to come to L.A. and try and start my life over again. And then there was a pause, and he looked back up in that rearview mirror, and he said, but I will tell you this, I will never, ever go to church again. And I will never, ever talk to a pastor ever again as long as I live. They're all a bunch of SOBs. And I clean that up for you all. So then another pause, and he looked in the rearview mirror, and he said, so what kind of work are you in? God, why? Why now? So I said, you ready for this? And he said, bring it. I'm a pastor. (laughs) And it was a long silence, and then I said, and I'm a Lakers fan. (laughs) And I don't know what it was, but I just started laughing. I couldn't stop laughing, and when I laughed, he started to laugh with me. And then I looked over at him, and there was a tear coming down this cheek, and he started to cry. And I said, the first thing that came to my mind, I said, what do you want? What do you want? He said, I want my family back. I want my wife back. I want my daughter back. And yeah, I'd like to talk to God again someday, but there's no way that God will ever talk to me again. You don't know all the stuff I said to him in my teens and my 20s. You have no idea what I said to him as I left New York. I told him I wanted nothing more to do with him, and I'm sure he wants nothing more to do with me. I said, Rick, do you love your daughter? Well, of course I love my daughter. I said, how much do you love your daughter? He said, I love her beyond anything I could ever say. I love her so much. And I said, Rick, I want you to times that love by a million and a million more. And that's how much God loves you. I said, every time I've read about Jesus in the Bible, every time I've read about him in the Gospels, I have seen him as a God that loves people. And he has always listened to those who have called out to him. I believe he will listen to you. I believe he loves you because I believe we have a good and beautiful God. So I ask you this morning, what do you want? It's a question that first calls to our wants, kind of some shallow wants, and then it moves us to some deeper wants, and then finally it's a question that can lead us to our deepest need. 
A few years ago, I was watching an interview of Jean Vernet. He's a Canadian Christian author, humanitarian philosopher, and he is the founder of the La Arche Communities that ministers mainly to those with disabilities. He has over 37 of those communities throughout the world, ministering to those with disabilities and those who assist them. He won the Templeton Prize in 2015. He says, as a result of his ministry, people fly from all over the world for his counsel and his spiritual direction. And he invites these people into his home to sit in his living room at a specific chair. And he says, right when the person sits down, he asks them this question. What do you want? He said it's a question with many layers to it that calls for an honest answer and that sooner or later in the conversation, it brings the person deep into their soul to find out what they really need. So I ask you again, what do you want? It's a question that God is asking throughout the scriptures of each and every person. It's probably the most important question that God will ever ask you. What do you want? And did you notice it was the question that Jesus asked of Bartimaeus as he was walking along that road? So let's take a look into that setting. Jericho is 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem. And Jesus and his apostles and his many followers, they are walking with him through Jericho to get to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Scripture makes it clear that Jesus knew exactly why he was leaving from Galilee to go through Jericho to get to Jerusalem. Jesus said it earlier, Mark 10, he said, The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. So along with Jesus and his followers, there's this large crowd with them also making their way to Jerusalem for that Passover feast. And in your mind's eye, maybe you can picture all of the people of Jericho lining that road, just watching this pilgrimage go by. We can guess that there would be shop owners along the road trying to sell things to these people as they walked. Maybe there would even be a few tax collectors along that road, maybe one up specifically in a sycamore fig tree. And at the outskirts of town would be the beggars many of them with disabilities, they are asking and pleading for alms, for handouts from these people making the pilgrimage. Not a bad place to station yourself, right? As people are making their way through to go to the holy city for Passover. And there's Bartimaeus, evidently a man who at one time could see, but now is blind, and his cloak is laid out so people can put those alms, those handouts, on the cloak. And who knows how he was blinded? I'm sure it was very traumatic. And who knows all the takes and the advice of all the people who told him why he might have become blind? All the bad advice about God. But we know that he's heard about Jesus. 
And whatever he's heard about Jesus has sparked some hope in him. So when he hears the crowd walk by, and he figures Jesus is right about there, he yells out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd say, no, 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 hey, be quiet. you got to be quiet. You're disrupting our caravan that's moving towards Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus would have none of it, so he calls out again, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And we see Jesus in the story. Here's a man who we could say has a heavy heart. He knows where he's going. He's a man with a lot on his mind. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus heard the voice and he stood still. He stood still out of love for Bartimaeus because he loved Bartimaeus. And he saw in Bartimaeus a man who was given value and love. And then Jesus uses others. I caught on to this this week. He uses others to call Bartimaeus to himself. The crowd's yelling for Bartimaeus to be quiet, hush up. But Jesus wants to teach the crowd a lesson. He wants to involve them in this act of compassion. He wants the crowd to see Bartimaeus in the same way he was seeing Bartimaeus, as a creation, as a child of God. And then he asked Bartimaeus that question. What do you want? And he asks it in such a way that only God can ask. What do you want me to do for you? Maybe it's like what Jean Vernet was saying. Start with that question and look how it brings you from your wants to your deepest need. I think Jesus was kindling Bartimaeus' faith. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And the first one he will see is Jesus. And I think we can agree that Bartimaeus had already seen Jesus with the eyes of his heart. Jesus said to him, Your faith has made you well. And Bartimaeus was able to see. And that faith that had caused him to call out to Jesus was the same God-given faith that enabled Bartimaeus to keep following Jesus along that road to Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus' life would never be the same again. What do you want? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Remember, he stood still for Bartimaeus, and he will stand still for you. We can bring whatever is heavy upon our heart and bring it to Jesus, and he will listen and he loves us, and he will care for us, and he will use all that is at his divine resources to bring what is best for us. Not necessarily what we think will be best, but what he knows will be best for us. What does Jesus want for us? It appears he wants for us to be a community, a church, that sees people, all people, in the same way that he sees them with value, love, and mercy. 
and maybe in the midst of all the busyness that's going on out there, to take the time just to listen to what somebody might be going through, just as Jesus has done for us and is doing right now. Maybe even staying awake in an Uber when you're exhausted, listening and hoping for the best. After an hour and a half of our conversation, we finally pulled up to my house, and as he turned off the car, he said, Steve, will you pray for me? Will you pray with me right now? And so I say, never, never say never. Amen? Lord, we pray that you will use us as a community of faith to listen, that you will build up that love within us that we can bring your mercy to others, seeing people, all people, with value, needing the love of Jesus Christ and a God-centered community in their life. We ask this now in Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand as we affirm our faith together from the Apostles' Creed. Please join me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward as we give up our tithes and offerings.
pray. O God, our Father, creator of the world and giver of all good things, we thank you for our home on earth and for the joy of living. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who draws us to yourself, gives us strength to live for you, and writes your word upon our hearts. We praise you for your love for us in Jesus Christ, who came to set things right, who died rejected on the cross and rose triumphant from the dead. Because he lives, we live to praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our God forever. We lift these gifts up to you and pray that they will be used for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's time for us to celebrate the sacrament of baptism of three of our confirmation students. So I'd like to invite up Daniel Patrick Compton. Daniel? and Ethan Patrick Gear, and Mason Scott Ayer. Why don't you guys come up here to this step up here so people can see you. All right, why don't we stand here? Everybody can see you there. How's that? Can you all see them well? Yeah. Great, good. Well, hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Obeying the word of our Lord Jesus, and sure of his presence with us, we baptize those whom he has called to be his own. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to forgive us of our sins, and has joined us together in the family of faith, which is his church. He has delivered us from darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be our Father and to welcome us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Know that the promises of God are for you. By baptism, God puts a sign on you to show that you belong to him and gives you his Holy Spirit as a guarantee that sharing Christ's reconciling work, you will also share in his victory and that dying with Christ to sin, you will be raised to new life. And so in presenting yourself for baptism, you announce your faith in Jesus Christ and show that you want to study him, to know him, to love him, and to serve him as his chosen disciple. And so I ask you to share your purpose by answering these questions. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And do you trust in him? And do you intend to be his disciple, to obey his word, and to show his love? Yes. Amen. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you for your faithfulness promised in this sacrament and for the hope that we have in your Son, Jesus. As we baptize with water, baptize us with your Holy Spirit so that what we say may be your word and what we do may be your work. By your power, 
May we be made one with Christ our Lord in common faith and purpose. Amen. Daniel, let's come over here first. Daniel Patrick Compton, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, brother. Ethan. Ethan Patrick Gear, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mason Scott Ayer, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, brother. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these young men and we pray your blessing upon them. May you continue to grow them in faith as they know you, love you, serve you, and enjoy you. And bless them in each chapter of their life as they look to you and trust you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. See what love the Father has for us, that we should become children of God. And so we are. Amen. (laughs) Daniel, I have your baptismal certificate here for you, which will remind you of this day. Ethan, here is yours. And Mason, your certificate, keep that. As you look at that, it will just remind you of this wonderful day God has brought into your life. Amen. So stay up here, guys. Let's get our confirmation class up here. So for the last five weeks, we have been studying as a confirmation class the Apostles' Creed, and we have been working through what it means to believe. We've talked about the Trinity. We, of course, talked about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ. We've talked about Scripture and grace and church and the sacraments. And it's my pleasure to now invite up to you as the confirmation class. I'll say that, call them each up by name so you can see who they are and I have a feeling some pictures will be taken. So first, I'd like to invite up Tripton Yates Babcock. Tripton, if you'll be right down here at the end on the second step. There you go. Gavin David Childs. Mark Gardner Chung. Daniel Patrick Compton. Ethan Patrick Gear. Jared Tyler Hammett. Mason Scott Ayer, Carter Mason Jones, Isabel Catherine Meekma, Christian Duke Woolham, Mariana Kate Woolham. Let's show our appreciation for this confirmation class of 2018. At our session meeting on Tuesday night, our session welcomed them into the congregation and asked them those membership questions, but we feel it's important for them 
to publicly affirm their faith before you as the congregation. So I've asked Kathy Sizer, our pastor, to ask them the membership questions. I think I'll go over here so you can all see me, since you're curved. So would you answer these questions? They're the same ones that you answered first session, and the answer is, I do. Do you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, do you? Do you renounce evil and intend to live as Jesus' disciple to obey his word and to show his love, do you? Will you be a faithful member of this church and wherever life takes you, will you seek the fellowship of Christ's church, will you? Let's pray for you. Holy God, who bursts into the midst of our lives with your holy call, we thank you for calling these students to follow you. We pray your mighty spirit on them, that they may more fully live into your call upon their lives. Deepen their love for you. Grow the fruit of your spirit within them. And now and throughout their lives, use them for your purposes in their schools, in this community, and wherever life takes them. We thank you that you hear us when we call. And so we ask that you would pour out your gracious healing on our world and upon all whose lives are in turmoil today. We pray especially today for our Jewish brothers and sisters in the wake of the attack on the synagogue in Pittsburgh. Bring safety and healing in the midst of their loss and grief and enable these students and all of us to resist evil and to confront the scourge of hatred and violence that threatens our communities and our world. And so we pray in the ancient words that you taught us for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, Father who, who art, art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Good job, everybody. And so all of us, like blind Bartimaeus, throwing off our cloaks, are called to rise up to rise up and follow Jesus. So church, as we sing this great song, Rise Up, O Church of God, may that be our call this morning, to rise up. Let us stand and sing. Let's sing, church. Rise up, O Church of God, have done with lesser
I think of all the people who had a hand in blessing these students to bring them to this place. Of course, parents who've raised their kids to know Christ. I think of our children's directors and nursery workers, our middle school director. I see Abby, our middle school director. Thank you for all you have done. Cameron Howard taught one of our lessons. I could go on and on. But thankful for a church who cares for students, cares they know Christ, and brings that blessing to our community. And so now may the God of hope fill it with all joy and peace that we may overflow with hope by the power of his spirit. God bless you this week. Amen. Thank you.